Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, non-binaries of all ages, welcome to How to Make a Literal Cat in your favorite RPG. If you're here to learn character creation, you're in the wrong place because we do cat creation on this podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joel Holland. Unfortunately, there is not a second host this week. However, we do have a consolation prize. <laughs> By that, I mean a guest. <laughs> Yeah, everybody, hey. <laughs> I'm coming out to, like, booze and stuff. <laughs> now, this is our special guest, Greg. You're going to love him. Hello. I, I hope so. I love your your show, and uh, I'm, I'm sad that Austin couldn't be here. But don't worry, everybody. I didn't kill and replace him. Nope. I promise Austin will be back eventually. Probably next episode. We'll see. I, I, I hope it's next episode, because I did do that joke about how I didn't kill and replace Austin. <laughs> yeah. So if Greg is still here next episode, then you can be suspicious. So anyway, Greg, you want to tell us a little bit about your RPG experience or whatever? Yeah. So I've been playing RPGs since I was nine years old, because I got nerd parents. And currently, I run Ghosts on a Train. It's a podcast where we play Ghost Lines, an RPG by John Harper, which has previously been featured on this show. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I play a whole bunch of games, uh, and uh, the game that I, I'm here as a guest on uh, is very special and near and dear to my heart. What game is that? Uh, Dogs in the Vineyard. Dogs in the Vineyard uh, by Vincent Baker, the, the same one who did uh, Apocalypse World. Hey, we did that last episode. Oh, hell yeah. This is what he did, uh, I think, before that. It's no longer in print because the setting is, like, Wild West, and it's also informed by, like, Mormonism, and he no longer agrees with, uh, you know, a lot of aspects of that. <laughs> but the game mechanics itself has, it's like, kind of really... You can, you can, you can find it, uh, its DNA, possibly a little bit, uh, in modern games. Uh, and also, to be honest... Both in my initial introduction and, like, basically every time but one that I've ever played this game, like, nobody ever really played the Wild West Mormons anyway. <laughs> That's, like, that was the least the least cool part of the game. But I think for this one, we can kind of follow it along. Yeah, there is a setting agnostic spinoff that was made called Dogs. We are, we're doing the original one because I hate set, setting agnostic games for this podcast specifically. In real life, they're usually pretty fun. Yeah, the character creation stuff that's specific to the dogs in the vineyard setting is kind of neat. There's like, honestly, the I, I suggested this one to you, both because there's the name dogs in the title, and also for like exactly one aspect of character creation that I was like, oh, a cat, <laughs> this is perfect for a cat. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it definitely is like tied to the setting it, but in a, right. one of the non-problematic parts <laughs> <laughs> all right well i guess the good news is everyone you don't have to stick with the Mormon wild west setting because it sounds like none of the players do and also again this character will hopefully just be adaptable to dogs so how to play a cat and dogs here we go how to play a cat and dogs and one of these days, we're actually going to cover Pugmire, and we'll have to make that joke again. I've got my, like, dusty, ancient, over-a-decade-old physical copy uh, that I can, like, flip through. But you've also got your uh, your PDF, right? So I'll, I'll let you drive as it is, is your show. 
I just found my PDF. I've been looking for it this whole time in secret. Anyway, here we go. So, I guess there's one thing we do need to kind of get out of the way before we start actually looking at this book. And that is, we're running a show here. We're not just making characters for the heck of it. We have a show, the show has a format, and we have some rules that we have to follow to stick to that format. Oh, yeah. And just because Austin isn't here doesn't mean that the rules are rescinded. (laughs) Yeah, no. Rules are still in full effect. In fact, Greg is going to help read them off. Good, I care about rules. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so rule number one is we accept no cop-outs. This is perhaps the most important rule, which is probably why it's first. We're making a cat. We're making the exact animal that comes to mind when I say the word. No anthropomorphic cats. No people turned into cats. No lions, tigers, saber-tooths, or any other cop-out you could possibly imagine. Two, we cannot use homebrew rules. Uh, no house rules. If the rules in the rule book do not explicitly allow something to happen, we're going to count that as a rule break. If we come across any sort of like rules as written uh, versus rules as intended situation, we're going to go with whichever interpretation says no. Yep, you guys are you guys are rule breakers, and now that I'm here, I'm I'm also here to break some rules. That's that's good because we kind of have to sometimes. Rule number three: If the game includes stats for a literal cat, those must be used or adapted to the game's character sheets. Now, Greg, do you know if that's a thing here? Uh, that is super not a thing here. I mean, let's be real, guys. What kind of game makes a cat into a stat block with the intention of you then having to fight? Or, you know, interact with the gameplay mechanics with that cat. Just stepping stepping aside from it, has that happened since the, the D&D episode? Or, like, I think did you once. Use... Once? Yeah, uh, Mr. Ray, had when he brought his game to us, uh, what was it called again? Dethrone the Divine. He had a pre-gen character that was basically a divine cat. So we <laughs> took some inspiration from that. Excellent. But yes, now going back to the rules. The uh, character class, background, playbook, job, whatever uh, is used to differentiate characters has to exist in the game's core rules or as part of an official expansion. Once again, we're not going to use homebrew classes. Homebrew does not exist. Not real. It's not it, It's not real. Homebrew can't hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Homebrew is sitting outside my window looking in every time we record. <laughs> That's why I have to keep the curtains closed. Joel, keep those curtains closed. Ignore the tapping on the door. (laughs) The cat can learn any skill available to its class, even if it's not something a cat could normally be trained to do, so long as they have some capacity, even if it's completely hypothetical, to carry out a task, they they can do it. (laughs) If a tool would be physically impossible for a literal cat to use, even if comically downsized for them, they cannot use it. Try, like if you put a cat inside of a normal car, I don't I don't think that's allowed. I don't a cat a cat couldn't drive a normal car. A cat doesn't have opposable thumbs, so the number of cars it could drive is severely limited, even at their size. I mean we've made it happen, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> let's see. Rule number seven. If a character sheet has a section that is meant to be filled out in collaboration with the rest of the party, we have to leave that blank so players can make it fit the group they're playing with. You will be playing with this cat. Listener, you will be playing with this cat. You will be. You're going to go look up dogs right after this episode, and then you're going to play as this cat. You're going to play as this cat in your game of dogs. Finally, we will keep track, we have to keep track, in fact, of every rule that we break. 
gotta keep Joel honest here. <laughs> what half of this podcast? Just because Austin is in the way, uh, just because Austin isn't here, can't be letting you get too crazy. Yep, he'll keep me on track. It's okay. Uh, let's see. I gotta clear out the rules from last episode. Don't know if you know Apocalypse World too well, but that may have been spoilers there. I have not played Apocalypse World myself, but I I've read it as. I've read it as a as a good little powered by the apocalypse uh, actual <laughs> play runner should, and uh, I also I listened to uh, a really good Trials of the Apocalypse podcast arc of, of Apocalypse World. Shout out to my boy David. <laughs> <laughs> that episode's already out, so you can just travel forward in time and listen to it. I'll do that. Yeah, and you know what? Joel Joel really is keeping track. We've got there is a there is a a, a document here to keep track of the broken rules. I gotta yep. say, listen, as a, as <laughs> as someone who's listened, I'm I'm glad to see how how professionally you are taking uh, <laughs> you're taking how to play a literal cat in your RPG. Yep, we take this very seriously. Anyway, with that out of the way, I guess I should turn back to this PDF here. And oh, hey, this one has like links to sections. That's cool. Oh, sick. Yeah, I like this PDF now. Creating characters, page 11, or 15 in the PDF. Yeah, we're immediately going to start off pretty uh, <laughs> pretty intense. <laughs> so, let's see. Procedure. Our first step is choosing our background. And from the character sheets you linked me, all the backgrounds have their own sheet here. Yeah, at least as far as what I sent you. I think the version that was on, like, the, it's in, like, the back of the book, or, like, even, like, came with it originally, I, yeah... The version in the back of the book just has some, like, not enough space to write down things and <laughs> background agnostic. But yeah, what I sent you correlates each, each background. Because a background is, like, kind of like... It's the closest thing we'll get to a class here. But it's, like, far less rigid than a class or a playbook. Oh, so this was actually made by the the person who... Yeah, let's shout, shout this out real quick. Luke Hawksby on Reddit made these character sheets then. Yeah. These are, this is a community resource, which don't worry, that's not a violation of the rules. Sometimes it's a necessity to get things moving. Uh, yeah, so first step is, is backgrounds. All right, so our options are well-rounded, strong history, complicated history, strong community, or complicated community. Yeah, and so each of these, basically what each one does mechanically is it gives you different stat dice, trait dice... And relationship dice with kind of so basically like strong uh strong history or strong community will give you like bigger dice and then complicated will give you more dice this is like one of those dice pool games so that's where it comes in like uh, how you want it well-rounded you know do you want your character straightforward balanced and effective strong history implies like good education lots of experience or specialized training which would immediately say something about a cat, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, complicated history is, like, kind of exactly what it sounds like. Have you overcome something dangerous or challenging upbringing? Strong community from a strong, caring family. Uh, and then complicated community. Are you uh, not from that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I kind of think strong community might be a, a good starting point for a cat if we, like, if if this cat's just from this town and part of it, or whatever the setting is going to end up being, then strong community kind of seems like a good starting point, because that means that this cat was, like, someone's house pet, probably. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's not necessarily like a like a street cat or something. This is a cat that like has been loved and knows love and <laughs> Yeah, so we can start from there. I need to find the strong community. That is page four on this. Cat comes from a strong community. That means we've got thirteen D six stat dice, which is our next step. So, just looking at the character sheet here, distribute 13d6 between your stats, at least two dice in each. Assign all of these dice now. Yeah. So, this isn't a game where, yeah, this isn't a game where you roll dice to, like, get a number for your character. This is, like, the pool that you'll have access to when you do things. There's four stats. Got acuity, which is being, like, perceptive, alert, uh, educated, clever, savvy, or well-read. Which is broad enough that, like, a cat could be that. <laughs> Some of those things. <laughs> could be. Body is, I mean, it's, it's kind of exactly what it sounds like. Uh, somebody with a lot of dice and body could be big, healthy, strong, wiry, muscular, tall, graceful, quick, or steady. Cat, for sure. And then heart, that's a character who's compassionate, attractive, charming, gentle, courageous, enduring, faithful, or likable. Uh, and then the last one's will which is uh, someone who's tenacious, aggressive, confident, unflinching, strong-willed, or unshakable. So we could argue that this, that this cat is, like, very likable, very clever, and very nimble, and that would give us, like, good stats in heart, acuity, and body. I can't think of a good argument for Will off the top of my head, but yeah, I'm sure I, there is one. I mean, here's the thing. I think, like, I think maybe if this was, like like a, a rough-and-tumble alley cat or something. You could have, like, oh, this is cat's really tenacious. But I don't know. Yeah, no, this cat's spoiled. <laughs> this cat's spoiled. You know, sometimes cats will change their mind, or cats will just, like, give up on doing things that are things that are easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do you want to just, like, off the bat, say two in uh, Will? Two in Will. Dump stat. Dump stat. Which means we got 11 to play with for the other three. Yeah, so Joel, you've got the uh, the character sheet open. Are you seeing you seeing all those? Do uh, <laughs> you seeing the activities that correspond to each combination of of stat? <laughs> yeah, you've got talking, fighting, physical, and shooting. Wait, are we gonna have to give the cat the cat gun? So you don't have to give the cat the cat gun. So what Dogs in the Vineyard does, and uh, Dogs probably has something similar. The thing with Dogs in the Vineyard is every conflict. There's, there's different scales of conflict, basically. The lowest being talking, which can escalate to something physical. And physical is explicitly not fighting. Physical is like, you know, it, but it is a physical action. Uh, and fighting is any sort of th- anything from like physical fighting to even fighting with a knife counts as fighting. And the fourth and final escalation is shooting with guns. It's a sort of like the, the, the dangers of each. So like... I ran this as, like, a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure game once, and, like, stand combat was counted as shooting. So it's like, yeah, and even in the base game, a character does not need to have a gun. But once somebody pulls a gun out, or otherwise, I'm sure in dogs, or otherwise, like, escalates to the highest level of conflict, you need to roll acuity plus will. All right. I, I think that makes sense. So depending on what we want this cat to be good at, that can also that that that'll also inform like what stats you want. Like if we want this cat to be, I mean, obviously a cat cat talk, a cat cannot talk, but 
Well, they can if they need to for the situation. But if they don't need to, then then yeah, we we'll say they can't. Yeah, I mean, I I, I fit, talking's like any sort of social conflicts which a cat can kind of participate in. So if you want it good at that, we could get uh, a lot of heart and acuity. I think I think heart in general probably is making a lot of a lot of sense to me cuz that's both like talking social stuff and then also physical actions and you know cats are cats on a cat scale are much more graceful than humans <laughs> yeah they're not like strong or anything but well proportionate to their size they're pretty strong but they're very small they are very small so i i think i think this i think this thing probably has a lot of a lot of heart more more heart than it has body i think yeah that would make sense uh so we've got 11 to play with what are you thinking like four heart maybe yeah let's go, let's go at four heart okay and then, so that's six. Seven more. So, okay. I think that that gives us enough so that we can either have five in one stat, four in three. Do you want to have a cat of extremes? Do you want to have a powerful, powerful five? Maybe. Do, so you were, you were talking earlier, like, maybe a cat wouldn't be as good in body as they are as they are in heart potentially yeah i think maybe then that could be three and then i think another four in acuity makes sense if we're gonna argue cleverness and senses as the reasoning i think i think acuity definitely up there all right so we got 46 heart 46 acuity 3d6 body and 2d6 will check my math four eight ten thirteen we're good good Step two is, yes, traits, or stats. We, ju- we just did that. Step three, here we go. Create some traits for your character and divvy your character's trait dice between them. So you can create your character's traits as tidbits of history. I used to break horses with my dad, etc. You can phrase them as simple facts about your character. I worked with horses and I know how they think. Or you can phrase them as skills, horsemanship. <laughs> you can also phrase them as attitudes. I'm com- very comfortable working with horses. I don't know how comfortable our cat would be with horses. Yeah, perhaps perhaps not very comfortable with horses. Yeah, I don't think we're going to have another cucumber pip situation so soon. Oh, but the only other thing with traits is, um, so of the dice that we have, so you assign dice to one of these traits. You can assign as many dice as we have, but only one type per trait. So you could have, like, we've got 3d6 to play with. And so we could have three traits at a d6, or we can have one at one d6 and two uh, and one at two d6, or we can have one just at three d6, but we can't have like one at a d4 and a d6. Gotcha. Let's see. We've got uh, a single d4 to play with, three d6, like you just said, and then two d8. And this is a game where uh, you know bigger number better. Although also at the same time. Uh, the book does say that you don't have to assign dice to match competence at all. I mean, it's it's this is kind of a more of a narrative game, so it's not necessarily competence like things. It's these are whatever's most important to this character should have the more dice. Like it, it sounds like another game where like the dice give it more narrative power than anything. So you could be really bad at something, but argue that you're really lucky at it potentially. Yeah, and I think luck might be a good trait for a cat. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like it. Is that their like their bad trade? Is that the single D four? A D four uh, will uh, kind of screw you over in in gameplay. 
Okay, so so if if you want if you want something if you want a trait to be like good and desirable and or you think you're going to use it a lot, I was going to say not good and desirable. If, if if you think you're going to use it a lot, you probably want to have higher dice than a d4. A d4 okay. though is is pretty good for like weaknesses. Okay. So that that was uh I guess what I that was what I was trying to suss out, I guess, is like are traits something that like get rolled individually or are they like added to your heart, body, will, etc. Yeah, yeah. So traits are what you add to your dice pool as a conflict goes on. Like when it, when a conflict begins, you roll your stat dice that are related to the conflict, whatever like level of conflict you're at. And then as the conflict goes on, based on like your actions, you can roll your trait dice or your other kind of dice that you have, relationship, belonging dice. Yeah, so so trait dice are like added to your pool. Okay. So a D4 is not great, but it is technically an, a little bit of a bonus on top of whatever else you're doing. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not great, but and anything that is a trait is important to the character. Okay, I think maybe then, like, with that in mind, maybe we should do, like, 2D6 luck. Yeah, I like that. Do you want it to, to just be luck, or do you want it to be, like, I'm lucky, or... Because on the one hand, having it, having it be, like, one word is cool, because it's just, like... You can use it very generally, but I found that having having uh, like a longer explanation, like a phrase, kind of lets you use things in unusual ways. Okay, that makes sense. Like you could even do like like I've all o- I've always been lucky. You know, this cat's like grown up in a loving home. Man, this is a real small. Let me tell you, the base character sheet <laughs> even smaller. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. So yeah, I kind I kind of get the general idea now. I think. Yeah trying to think of other potential skills here so what we know about this cat so far is mostly just the good home uh not particularly strong-willed clever or it's it's a clever and uh was it heart is like passionate attractive charming gentle courageous so i think we're saying this cat is clever and generally likable yeah yeah oh you know what here's a here's a fun trick that's like in the book was it if you can't think of any traits to start with try this trick uh, he says, like, right, I'm a good shot. Obviously, that's not what we've written down. But then, now ask yourself, where did my character learn to shoot? From whom? What were the circumstances? Tease a second trait out of those circumstances. Something like, I used to hunt with my brother, or I once killed a wolf that was killing my family's calves. And then, for your character's third trait, choose something unrelated but opposed. Like, I'm a good cook, well-read. That's interesting. Yeah, that's that's a fun idea if you, if you want to do that. People pay attention to me, yeah! I like the idea of, like, we have a stat where it's like, yeah, I draw attention, and it's it's like a, that can be our 1d4, because maybe that's not always a good thing. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's, your life always gets more interesting when people pay attention to the, the cat. <laughs> Let's see, what else? I, 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 I know coming up with the lore of the cat is like a separate section, but obviously this is one of those games where that becomes tied together with the, the gameplay. And I have been thinking about like, a trait as an event. Maybe something related to, like, how the cat was found. Was the cat born into this home? Or were, were they, like, found in a town somewhere? Okay. <laughs> Are you good? <laughs> You're struggling yeah. with this PDF. <laughs> Sorry. It, it keeps changing it from the the shrunk size that I've given it to the larger size of the, the die text that I have. Oh. For some reason. So I have to go back and fix it. There we go. I was saved by a young woman. 
Yeah, that's that's perfect. Yeah, I was trying to think of like, okay, we've got one human who's gonna be our favorite. So maybe maybe we just have like a kid or a young or someone young who who found us and has been taking care of us. Oh yeah, and like this is the sort of trait that could be rolled like you know when potentially like saving somebody comes up. You can like roll it to think about how you were saved when like uh you know if if interacting <laughs> with with somebody young and or a woman okay that's that's kind of the the secret of this game is to try to like when, when it comes to gameplay at least like trying to think of how your traits because your traits represent your history kind of uh, uh actually not kind of your traits represent the history the, the history backgrounds have the most trait dice seeing how it corresponds and how it I always land on my feet, baby! That's going to be one of our D8 ones. Because that's all we have yeah. left. Do we want it to be 2D8? Like a really powerful that? Or, or... Yeah, I think we... Like, this is something we never fail at. Yes. Yeah. I've always been lucky. People pay attention to me. I was saved by a young woman. I always land on my feet. I think that's good. Also, that second part of this... <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is something that I don't know. I don't know if it's in uh, the the re-release dogs, <laughs> but on the character sheet and in character creation, it says you must either take a trait, uh, you must take either a trait like I'm a dog or a relationship with the dogs, which is very funny when you're making a cat. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be very relevant for dogs, but in Dogs in the Vineyard, uh, the whole deal is you're kind of part of a group called God's Watchdogs, or the Dogs for short. Uh, yeah, and you um you travel around like Mormon territory in the Wild West, solving problems and fighting demons. Sometimes the demon like it, it's it's up to you whether the demons are like actual real demons or just like someone drinking coffee or something. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. It's odd. That part is not great. But yeah, the the main thing is usually, at least in Dogs in the Vineyard, and when I've played it before, you're all all the characters are part of some sort of uh, organization together. In this case, the yeah the dogs. So I guess we could reassign one of our dice somewhere, either one of our D sixes or our D eight to create a history with the dogs. I think we've got so many we got so many relationship dice from this strong community. Might as well have a relationship with the dogs, and also if somebody plays setting agnostic dogs then you just have a relationship with dogs the animal <laughs> which makes sense for a cat yeah so do we want to take our, one of our d6 or one of our d8s well no 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 uh so we can also instead of taking a trait we can take a relationship with the dogs which is the next section oh yeah okay we've got we got a whole nother pool of dice and because we got a strong community we've got a crap ton of relationship dice all right Welcome to the mid-roll of the, uh, I, I can't do an NPR voice. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't think I can either, but I can't do this. Aha! You guys thought you could get rid of me for an episode, huh? You're here? I am here. He's here. I'm here for the mid-roll, and I'm here for the episode in spirit. Yeah, we can't knock his names off the credits that easy. Nope. I'm like the, <laughs> I'm like the actor that's got 
like 400 episodes, but I'm only credited in like 399 of them. And you're like, oh, what happened? Oh, he was sick that week. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Or like you figure up the math of like, oh, this this uh, show has six seasons and it's 12 episodes a season. And this character is only in 50 episodes. Wonder what happened there. Hmm. Good, good question. And it's like, you get there, and it's like, oh yeah, they tried to do the show without the main character for a season. Or you look it up, and it's like, huh, this character's only in, like, three episodes. I wonder what three episodes are. It's like the continuous three episodes, and then they just die. Yep. I've, I've spoiled many a show for myself like that, where I'm like, man, I gotta look up these actors. It's like, huh, this guy's in 11 out of the 12 episodes. Weird. Come to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. But... <laughs> Enough about that. Let's get mid-rolling, dude. We're going to talk about the start page. Yeah, literalcatpod.start page, which is the thing we have instead of a website. Exactly. Because who needs a website when there's 500 other social media things to push our platform on? I mean, at some point I do when I have a website, but I need to be able to log in and access my stuff for that to happen. Also, uh, we did have a website, but ACAST decided they were going to start charging for it, so that's no longer a thing. But again, in the meantime, you've got literalcatpod.start.page, which will take you to literally our entire web presence. You can grab the RSS feed, you can grab the email address, you can find all our social medias, and our YouTube channel. That email, just for, uh, for the record, is literalcatpod at gmail.com. And that is where we want you to send us your cat pictures, cat recommendations, cat challenges, cat games, yeah. etc. Games that we can make cats in, you know, those. Yeah. Also, most of our guest spots have come from people emailing us. Or us emailing people and them responding. But who's counting? It's, it's us. We are. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> but if you... Uh... <laughs> want to get on the show or you have a game that you want to get on the show then uh just hit us on hit us up over there yeah also send us your cat pictures please we love pictures of cats we might even make a cat in a game based off your cat picture that you send us yeah that's a thing we've done in the past mm -hmm. we might have to do that for uh chris longhurst's cat because he sent us a picture of a cat let's uh take a look at this guy here it says his name is cedric what a lad. He Cedric actually looks really concerned in this picture. Apparently he's hunting someone's sandwich. Classic cat behavior. Well, if email isn't your thing, you can also find us on places like Twitter and Tumblr and the new fancy Twitter, a.k.a. Blue Sky. <laughs> yeah. All of those are at Literal Cat Pod. Our YouTube is also at Literal Cat Pod, just for the record. Also, we now are actually set up as a real podcast through YouTube. And if you like the uh, special curated uh, podcast, you can always uh, rate and review us on any of your podcast listening apps. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, give us a like on YouTube. Put us in a hashtag on Twitter, I guess. Do people still do hashtags? I don't think I've seen a hashtag on Twitter in three years. Yeah, me neither. I know hashtags still mean something on, like, Tumblr and other platforms, but that's mostly because, like, they don't have, like, algorithms that force content down your throat, and so you tag things to index them 
so that other people can find it when they search for the tag. Mm -hmm. But aside from rating and reviewing, which is genuinely the best way to help us uh, get out to more ears, aside from word of mouth, but we also have a, a thing that might be better than word of mouth, which is our character sheets. Because you can download the character sheets for this and every episode by going to bit.ly slash literal cat pod. Yeah, you can play any of our literal cats in your own games. And if, you know, if you're the one running said game, you you can just put our cat in there as an NPC. Yeah, why not? Yeah, you know, you got the backstory and everything laid out, all their stats right there. You know, for session zero... You you show up with snacks and a fully made character sheet that your GM will love you. Yeah. And finally, if you are a longtime listener who has loved our show for forever. For a little over a year. I mean, we're going into what? Our second? No, third? We, com- we just completed our first whole year. So second whole year of this show existing. We're, we're getting started, you know? We, we've got a pretty good start. I, I say we got to keep going. Yeah, but the point is, if you are one of those people who has enjoyed the first year and a half of this show, it might be time to consider joining our Patreon. You know, if you feel like it. Yeah, you know, we have a uh, $2 tier over on patreon.com slash badgertrove, but if you are looking to, you know, support us and you know you don't have a lot of you know finances just two bucks a month you can always just sign up for the two dollar tier go for a month or two and then be like "Eh, you know what i don't want to give you guys two dollars a month you know (laughs) but if you think about it that's one dollar per episode which is cheaper than like a lot of a lot of things (laughs) probably cheaper than a pack of gum nowadays i mean in this economy (laughs) Yeah, probably. And you don't get nothing for that either. You you get access to our release calendar, which will have, you know, information about upcoming releases, sometimes, actually usually, like a few weeks before we put them out to the public. <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to stay up to date, even up... You, Upper. You'll be able to stay up to future date <laughs> with the podcast. But we have some other tiers over there too. We have a five dollar tier, ten dollars, fifteen, and twenty. Correct? Yeah, the twenty is kind of exclusive, but it is pretty exclusive. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that right now. I think we just talked about this a few episodes ago. So once you get done with this episode, dear new listener, and you want to go listen to our backlog, you can hear all about it there. Or you know, you can just go to patre- Patreon.com/slash/BadgerTrove and see for yourself. Yeah. That's probably the quicker way, but we appreciate the listens. We do. Austin, do you have anything you need to plug? Currently, no. I am taking a a little bit of a break from uh, Twitch and stuff. I'm still active on Twitter and kind of on Tumblr and also a little bit on TikTok if you want to go to at Avalon Alchemist at any of those sites. You can still follow my Twitch. I will be starting up again at some point, but, you know, currently just uh, taking a break. What about you, Joel? You got anything for the uh, lovely listeners? Yeah. Actually, you know, I should bring this up now because it could become, it probably will become like a Patreon bonus. But I am 
really close, like possibly by the end of this month, I am like really close to putting out a Powered by the Apocalypse one-shot heist RPG called Silent Mayhem under Springfield, where you steal cheese from the government. Oh, boy. <laughs> I And yes, you can play as a cat in it. <laughs> of course. Some of you out there may know about the Springfield cheese incidents, uh, but if you don't, you know, don't do any research before you play the game because finding out through the game would be honestly hilarious. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to know about the government cheese to steal the government cheese. Exactly. Well, is that everything? Do we uh, check off all of our boxes? I think so. Except I didn't actually say where you could find me online, which oh. would be going to uh, Twitter, Tumblr, or Blue Sky. And looking up Denala Lioge. But you don't know how to spell that. No one does. It's a name spelled backwards. So what you're going to do instead is you're going to go to jholland.start.page and click on the Twitter, Tumblr, or whatever else icon you feel like. Now I think we're done. Now we're done. Okay. Yep. Let's all say goodbye to Austin and return to the episode. Yep. Peace out. I will see you all in the next one. But enjoy the rest of this one. We interrupt your scheduled audio programming to bring you this message from Ghosts on a Train. All right, guys, I'll ask the question we always ask when we encounter something. Uh, does anyone recognize them? Uh, Hannah, you look like you have something. I mean, that's the question you usually ask when our characters run into a ghost so we can collaborate. But right now we're doing a promo, not playing. Are you talking about yourself? You're Greg. You're the GM. Is this a bit? We always do bits, Hannah. But your character, Andrel, isn't the one leading the bolts. That's Stefan's character, Drix. Stefan, what's Drix's first move? Uh, do, do any of these moves work on promos? Normally we're a team of three goons keeping ghosts off of our train. But I guess Drix is going to try and impress the listeners with a rope trick. Awesome. What do you think you would employ to impress a listener? Finesse, right? I mean, obviously, Drix is the show off. A guy, you spoke before anyone could organically say your name. Quick, introduce yourself, and what's your character, Pip, doing? Oh, you just introduced me. I'm Guy, and Pip's gonna take a little bit something to, to warm him up through the promo. You're taking Greg's weird promo bit in stride. Well, Hannah, that's because I know listeners have already decided to hear our journey to bust the biggest ghost, the Immortal Emperor! But you guys don't even know if he's a ghost. Boxcars, I rolled two sixes. The listeners are going to check out Ghosts on a Train, where we play Ghost Lines by our man Shade Dog, a.k.a. John Harper. Wait, we don't personally know John. We can't say that. <laughs> Shut it, Greg. We're going to kill the J-Man's Immortal Emperor. You can't just... We're going to bust this whole thing wide open. Yeehaw! Listen to Ghosts on a Train, a Ghost Lines actual play. Take a trip on the Bride of Duskwall, an electric train protected by these three uh, professionals. Yeah, so, so the first one, we do need to assign a relationship with... Uh, well, let's say dogs instead of the dogs, or I guess we could say the dogs, and then either way, it works. But uh, we've got 4d6, 4d8, and 3d10. And it's like the relationship dice are kind of the same <laughs> as traits, only it's super cool and in fact encouraged to not assign all of them. Okay, so we don't necessarily have to use all these. We don't necessarily have to use all of these. It's the, the book suggests you name a couple of people with whom your character has a relationship. So, okay, I get the idea that, like, you can 
then form a relationship with someone as you play and assign dice to it. Exactly, exactly. It's really helpful if, like, you want to do... If you're doing, like, arcs or to represent, like, the changes in your relationship with, like, your fellow players. Because you can have conflict with uh, involving other players, uh, like, mechanically. Okay. And that's and relationship dice end up like traits where... Or kind of like traits. They, you don't use them exactly the same. Usually relationship dice uh, are rolled immediately once the relationship is relevant in a conflict rather than, like, based on your actions. But also, like, but like traits, the, like, number of dice uh, and the size of the dice represents their significance. The closest or significance of the person to your character. D10 is the biggest die in this game. So we've got a chunky 3D10. Hell yeah, the girl who raised me. 2D8. I, I didn't actually mean 2D8. I just was trying to get sizes down. But we could. Like, that could. that's a really strong relationship. It's come up before. Say, if, if we... Yeah, I, w- I would give that one... It would depend, too, if the girl who raised me is also in the game. I, gu- I guess if, we, you know, we, a, a good DM would include a backstory character like that or other things, but... um. Yeah. We don't we don't need to do it 2D8. I, I just got excited that you were like, oh, yeah, going all in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that should be, like, a, at least a 1D8 or maybe a 1D10, because Ooh. that's, like, a, a formative... Like yeah, important. 1d10. 1d10 I, feels very right to me. Okay. Perfection. Yeah. Actually, no, this has got to be smaller so I can write over here, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. That's fine. We've got this a little bit of room down here to write a second line. We didn't have up here, which is good because this one is actually a smaller box overall. It's so funny to me that they're like, yeah, traits that we like, we encourage you to have like entire sentences worth. Yeah, you get one line. And then relationships, which are like... Name some people. <laughs> yeah. They give you all the space. Actually, then again, this, is, this isn't the... Uh, this is not the official character this is not the official, sheet, but... This is the community one. I don't want to shit yep. talk you. I'm sorry. You're very... Thank you. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we needed this, so it's, it's good you did it. It's, it is good you did it. So, like, do we want to say that maybe, like, our ties to the dogs is, like, the, the girl who raised us has a like family member who is part of them or yeah i mean i i think that works um most actually so yeah so you just need to put a die into the dogs and i've known most players will just sort of put their d6 in it and just forget about it um makes sense but there have been a rare occasions where i've had somebody because normally i i just make the dogs like I think instead of the dogs, I had, like, the Speedwagon Foundation for the JoJo game. <laughs> or, like, I ran a cyberpunk one once, and, like, the dogs were, like, like some cyberpunk special investigative unit or something. But, yeah. So we don't have to think that much about it. Don't have to think that much about it. Uh, D6, the dogs, probably whatever organization you're a part of. And in the vase game, yeah, God's, God's Watchdogs. Okay. I do encourage y'all, if you are doing this setting agnostic, to use that 1d6 to form a relationship with an actual pack of dogs. Yes, an actual pack of dogs uh, would be so good. Yeah, this cat's just the leader for some reason. The dogs respect this cat. <laughs> this cat has such... This cat's so charming with its strong community. <laughs> its strong community of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they would actually respect him as a leader with 1d6 as the as the bond <laughs> but anyway we should 
let's see, we've got a D10, we got a D6. We should at least make a D8, right? Yeah, yeah, make like a make like a D8 one, and then, yeah, that's the thing with like the the community folks. They have all this relationship dice, so it's it's really funny from when I've when I've played a when I I used to run this game all the time in high school. It was <laughs> it was the first non D and D or Pathfinder game that I ever played. So like, so much of the rules of it informed how I played games from then on. <laughs> but also, I went through a phase where all I was running was Dogs in the Vineyard. <laughs> um, but reskin to whatever the hell I wanted. So like the the you get the characters that are like strong history, complicated history. They start off so strong with like a billion traits, uh, and then by the end of the game, all the this strong community and complicated community people have like relationships with freaking everybody, and they manage to like <laughs> you start any sort of conflict with them, and it's just like oh I have this. So yeah, my friend steps in. It's like that one video i saw where someone was making fun of anime and it's like he keeps get getting in fights with random villains and people he said hi to on the street five minutes ago will jump in to save his life <laughs> god yeah yeah we'll, we'll we'll spend three of these relationship dice and the remaining eight of them are <laughs> for you to do as you will <laughs> over the course of your game yeah so this is a good place we can establish like another character the girl's father and we can get like more specific with it too what is it i i see um in the book they give examples like my older brother whom i worship and with whom i've always been close and caring uh, and also like this old man i saw once across a field in bower's draw <laughs> joel you're so funny <laughs> joel you're really funny actually <laughs> joel has written down uh 1d8 the girl's father who feeds me fish <laughs> i i mean if it's a 1d8, that that bond has got to gotta mean something, right? Yeah, much more than the pack of dogs and or God's watchdogs. <laughs> yeah. So blood relations get uh, a 1d6 for free. You just get a d6 with anything blood related to you. I don't know if this cat has any siblings, but if they do show up in your game, you get a free d6 with them just by nature of being related. <laughs> I don't know that we know our biological family because we were rescued at a young age by a young woman she raised us and her father feeds us fish father feeds us fish everybody pays attention to me people pay attention to me but say nothing about nothing about other cats yeah got relationship with a pack of wild dogs or not wild dogs, <laughs> a pack of dogs but not with other cats <laughs> unless unless <laughs> no i'm good uh want to move on to the next step uh sure belongings Name some things your character owns, and give them dice if they warrant them. Yeah, so this is this is one of those games where it can be assumed that everything written down in your belongings is not all you own in the world, but it's all that will, like, be relevant enough to give you dice. Okay. There's, like, standard stuff that uh, they give you. They give you uh, in the base setting as, as part of the dogs that are less important to a a cat, a jar of sacred earth. I mean, that's, we could potentially have that. Uh, a copy of the Book of Life. I don't know how important that'll be to the cat, because the cat can't read. A horse as well. A, ho a horse and, and, and gun, maybe not as relevant. But the thing that I love to adapt in every single, every single setting, regardless, so I, I hope they keep it in dogs. But either way, this is actually the reason why I was like, this would kind of be perfect. Uh, coat. <laughs> Your coat. 
Um, in the actual... <laughs> so here's the thing. In, in the game, in the game itself, the setting, you are, like, given a coat by, like, your family. And, like, the coat is one thing. That is the, the belonging that everybody has and everybody gets dice for, no matter what. You are okay. encouraged to write down uh, what colors and patterns are in your character's coat. <laughs> Most characters' coats start... Uh, there, there's, so, so for any item, we assign it based kind of on vibes. 1d4... If an item is crap, that's that's Vincent Baker's rule. Words, not mine. One d six if it's normal. One d eight if it's big. Two d six if it's excellent. And two d eight if it's both big and excellent. And so most characters' coats start out with two d six for excellence. Okay, we have this excellent. Uh, I, I I put fur as a joke, but like, I mean, we could just say that the the cat's natural fur is. Yeah, regardless, we should describe, we should, should write down what colors and patterns are in this, <laughs> are yeah. in this cat's coat. Do you like the idea of 2d6 for that, though? Just have this magnificent, this could be, this could be my main coon with the power of floof. Yes! It's finally happened. I've wanted to do that for a long time. And this, this game will support it. <laughs> yeah, the game, game called Dogs has a coat. Gotta make a cat in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thankfully, belongings are also pretty freeform in the game. So even if dogs setting agnostic does not have the coat section, then this is truly just describing the coat of a cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A-OK. -okay. So I think uh, our gun has to be crap because it doesn't work and we can't use it even if it did. So if we give it dice, well, like we, we don't need to keep the gun. But if we do give it dice, which I, I, I'm still kind of for, if, if, if you're down, it'll just somehow be relevant to our uh, our cat's adventure here. I mean, I'm cool with just, like, crossing it out entirely. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't need that gun. Normally in this game, though, guns have uh, a d4 in addition to whatever other dice they have, just because, uh, you know, guns are dangerous. Yep. <laughs> would they give us a horse? I don't know if a cat would individually have a horse, actually. Like, again, we can't just make everyone Cucumber Pip. <laughs> this kid gotta draw a line somewhere. <laughs> yep. It's weird enough that Cucumber Pip was the horse master, but... Uh, oh, wait, that episode comes out tomorrow. You have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but I am... <laughs> Listen, I... I... <laughs> Cucumber Pip, very good name. And I believe you, I've I've listened to I've listened to a bit of your your, your podcast at this point, and I believe you <laughs> that that cat could be trained to use a horse somehow. Oh, it it comes with six horses. Uh, it comes with six horses, or technically one horse for every party member. But by default, Fellowship Second Edition comes with like six base character classes. So ah, I see. So yeah, by default. This, this cat made in a vacuum is the master of six horses. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So Book of Life, Sacred Earth. Yeah. This guy could carry around a miniature book. I can't read it, but. Yeah, I'm just imagining like a book on a little chain. Yeah, he could he could have that. Why not? Sacred Earth, is that? Sacred Earth, I mean, it's, it's, it's a jar of consecrated earth. A cat, a cat. You know what? Cats, cats like bury their poop and stuff. A cat knows how to dig dirt. A cat, a cat could use dirt, right? Yeah. I don't know if it could open a jar, though. Nah. 
Nah. I mean, someone else could. <laughs> Sacred Earth. Uh, parentheses. Litter. <laughs> We're gonna flavor this so you can use it, people at home. Yeah. There you go. Now, this is literally crap, so it's gonna get a 1d4. That is gonna get a 1d4. The Book of Life, might I pitch to you, uh, potentially a 2d6, just because it's, uh, which is excellent. It's only excellent if people would notice and comment on it, like, oh, that's a mighty fine horse. I feel like if you saw a cat with a little little book, you'd be like, oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. You'd be like, that's that's cute. What's going on over here? I'm, I'm cool with that. So 2d6 for our magnificent little book. But not big book, so it can't be it's a 2d8. not big. <laughs> can't be a 2d8. Simply couldn't. This is really fun, uh, this, this part, I think, because normally in the game... It says, like, oh, uh, this could be anything. Uh, was it? You can give your character as many belongings as you like of whatever quality you like. The only limit is that the rest of the group thinks it's reasonable for him or her to be carrying it around on horseback. In this case, instead of, is it reasonable to carry around on horseback, it's, is it reasonable for a cat to, to have use of this? <laughs> yeah. And I think we're there. I think most of the time, cats don't carry around stuff. So I think we are already at our limit. Got a little book. Got a little litter. Things that someone thought it would be cute if a cat was just carrying. I'm, like, wondering about, like, is there a rule for, like, consumables or something? I'm just wondering about, like, like fish, right? The girl's father feeds feeds you fish. So you think it might just be carrying around a fish? Or, like, a like a can of sardines or something? Or, like, a, a can? I don't know. Let's see, what does it have here? Everything in the world, horses, dogs, knives. Yeah, a fish. Maybe a fish. It, it has a fish on it at any given time. I like that you put it 1d8 for big. <laughs> I mean, have you it's... seen a tuna? <laughs> <laughs> 1d8 tuna rations! This is excellent. I mean, the cat's gonna think the, the portion size is pretty big, probably. Anyway, yeah, I think that's... That's probably all we can do for belongings. Yeah. Oh my god. Sixth and final step. Oh, I think... You know what? I, I led you astray in the beginning where you were like, hey, is there anything else we need for this? Yeah, so this is the sort of game that, like, kind of just... So here's the thing. Sixth and final step accomplishment. This is kind of just, like, a tutorial. Like, oh. this is, like, an actual, like, conflict in a game. I don't know if we need to do this, or... <laughs> no, this sounds like something that would fall into step seven now that I'm reading it. Yeah, I'm looking here. Say that I'm the GM for your game. I call on each of you, the players, in turn. Yeah, so this is not... We've reached the end of the, the cat. Yeah. It literally says, well, while you've hopefully been open to suggestions, nobody else has had any actual say about what goes onto your character sheet. This final step, that changes. So this is a group activity. But we still need to name this cat. Either brother or sister, whatever. All right. So, let's see. How cat owners name their pets? Is there anything... I'm sorry, I, I'm so glad to be seeing the reference material that, that Joel and Austin use when recording this podcast. <laughs> this is pretty good. This is pretty good, listeners. Yep. So I feel like, I feel like if you wanted to use the, the setting of, like, Wild West, Mormon territory sort of thing, maybe we'd go more, like, historical or, like, liter- literature style. I agree. Like, a... Classic literature or history, probably. Probably naming the cat either Joseph or Smith would be frowned upon in the game's, like, default setting. I don't know. Uh, that might be pretty funny. 
Could name, could, name, could name it Joseph. Could name it Joseph. Little Joey. Little Joey. Brother Joey. Brother Joey. All right. I, I know I said it as a joke, but I actually do think that works. If I can spell the right word. There we go. So, I think that's actually it then, isn't it? Yeah, that's... That's a whole... That's a dog! <laughs> <laughs> you made a dog? You made a dog? Who's a cat? You made a cat in dogs. <laughs> We've done it, guys. We got through this one. Did you, uh... Did we break any... I mean, did, is this where you keep track of broken rules? Do we, like, recount them at the end? Yeah, I think, technically, we... We altered the default inventory, so... Like, I feel like that counts. You technically only need to give, you only need to give dice to, like, something important to you. It assumes that you were given all those things, but you don't necessarily need to give dice to them. Although I guess, you know what? We did change the coat. We did change the coat, actually. We changed the nature of the coat, and, again, like, there's things that, like, as written, it assumes every character has, including a horse, and we took that away. That's fair. You know what? We, we altered the inventory. That's a rule break. I, I, I forgot rule number one. No cop-outs. <laughs> or, uh, or I forgot the, 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 what is it? Rules is written versus rules is intended. Whichever says no. <laughs> yep. So I think, yeah, we altered the inventory and we altered the nature of the coat. So I guess I should specify default inventory because technically, you like you said, you can change some things in your inventory. So, yeah, I think... To, there's two rules, and it's not all that uncommon, actually, for us to have to break rules surrounding the inventory. Sometimes we just don't give it enough thought to worry about whether or not we've broken a rule there, but... Yeah, inventory is, like, a not-so-small part of this character creation, so... Yeah. Makes sense to count it. And then I think, I definitely, definitely this game assumes that you'd be playing a, a human person. <laughs> But you guys break that one all the time. Or at least something that can ride a horse. At least something that can ride a horse. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. I'm so glad you finally got your uh, your main coon. Yeah, with the power of floof. No wonder no one can ignore this cat. Yeah, dogs is a dogs is a cool game. If 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 dogs as my understanding, dogs just has the same mechanics that dogs in the vineyard had, probably a little maybe a little streamlined for time. Uh you know, right maybe a little streamlined since it's been years since the first one came out over a decade <laughs> potentially two decades no no just over a decade uh, like a decade and a half maybe yeah it's a it's a it's a good game to play especially if, if you want to kind of learn how to do but for me at least learn how to do like narrative role play well when you're you're, you're used to role play being like the thing you do in between D D combat encounters <laughs> the notion of like a tense argument with somebody has the same mechanics as a shootout uh in a in a saloon like you're still like putting dice together and um they do this cool thing with like you kind of like you play dice poker essentially you like <laughs> raise and call from your dice pool and that sort of thing that's neat so i guess yeah we're here at the end is there anything you would like to plug oh certainly certainly i run ghosts on a train cool podcast we play ghost lines we're on twitter at ghosts underscore train and on blue sky at ghosts hyphen train because we couldn't do ghosts underscore train and i do kind of miss it (laughs) because i've been saying ghosts underscore train for a while i'm also uh that that shows part of the the faustian nonsense 
network of podcasts and i'm in stuff there uh as kind of a voice actor super suits is the the network's big thing and i'm in a, a couple episodes of that and my my very very good friend uh, and player in ghosts on a train hannah is the the lead writer on uh season one uh so that's really really big for big for us nice yeah and in fact uh with with uh this is probably going to come out like in a month, right? This is the December 13th episode. I genuinely don't know if your episode of Ghost in a Train is going to be out <laughs> until then. But would you would you be down for me me teasing it, me saying it? Oh, yeah. I was going to ask if I was allowed to say it. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so I don't know if it's going to be out because of backlog for both you know us having a lot recorded and also uh my editing flow has been disrupted by life but joel came on to ghost on a train playing <laughs> wonk the cat that joel and austin made during their mid-sized lightning rounds we had we did uh we did an episode <laughs> with wonk the cat uh and it was a lot of fun uh i we, <laughs> joel did you have fun i i had a good time i thought it was pretty good yeah, uh, it's a, Joel Joel put his money where his mouth is, said that you can play these cats. Yep. And yeah, yeah, uh, so if that's if that's not out already, which it probably won't be, uh look for it. Uh look for it in the next uh month or month or so. If you enjoy this podcast, then maybe you'll enjoy the episode where where Joel <laughs> <laughs> where Joel plays one of the cats. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's episode 69, right? It is episode 69, which is so good. <laughs> it was like, as we were getting ready to record, I was like, oh, hey, Joel, this is episode 69. Nice. Nice. What what better episode could you possibly hope to guest on? Yeah, you know what? You, you've got a coveted, coveted spot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're only in episode 37. Uh, I'm going to have to come back and... 32 more episodes yeah better think of another game better think shit (laughs) i've never played another game (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's you of course already heard from me back at the mid-roll section so really we don't have anything else to do i guess i've got to come up with a cat pun for the week don't i Oh, good, because I was terrified. I was like, every now and again, over the course of this, I'd remember that you had written down, like, end on, end on a cat pun. And I was like, oh, shit. I hope he doesn't expect me to come up with a cat pun. I can't think of one. <laughs> My web browser just crashed. Oh, no. Or maybe Joel's just stalling for time for the cat pun. Oh, I'm trying to Google cat puns. So. Sorry, I'm just now noticing you've got... You've got notes on cat lifespan, cat height, cat weight. <laughs> You've got the... <laughs> this is... I, I, I definitely have said this at least like twice. I, I can't stress enough how like <laughs> how set up this like <laughs> the the rules, the rules document, the three page <laughs> rules document for how to, how to play a literal cat in your RPG. Okay, well, Google finally loaded, and there are three articles in a row just called 50 Cat Puns that are just hysterical. Yeah, and Joel here is gonna say them all, all 50. Here we go, Joel. (laughs) No, we're just gonna stick with hysterical, because 
if it's good enough for literally every single result on Google, it's good enough for this podcast. I hope y'all thought this episode was hysterical. Oh, my God.